You're listening to the Around the Lens podcast, the home of high-quality, roundtable, visual journalism discussion about the news, topics, and gear related to our career field. Now, here's the host of our show, David J. Murphy. Hello and welcome to Around the Lens, episode 222, The Triple Deuce. I am going to be telling you all about what our show is uh, this week, but first I want to introduce my panelists. In case you didn't know, in case you're new here, by the way, each week a group of visual journalism professionals discuss the news topics and gear related to our career field. Our regular panelists this week are Travis W. Keys, a freelance portrait, fashion, travel, event, and humanitarian photographer based out of New York and the chairman of the APA New York. Hello, Travis. Good morning. How are you doing, doing today? Great. Doing great. Our other our other regular panelist coming joining us this week is Evelyn Hochstein, a freelance photojournalist based out of Washington D.C. Hello, Evelyn. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. Our guest panelist this week is Ben Brody, an independent photographer, educator, and picture editor, former U.S. Army soldier, and author of the book Attention Service Member, which is about his time working as a combat photographer in the Army. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, David. Great to have you. And I, I'm David J. Murphy, a freelance photojournalist and documentary filmmaker based out of South Korea. Thanks so much for being on the show today, panelists. Let's get on with the show. Our first topic this week deals with Instagram and the tendency for it to grab your rights without asking. Personally, I hate it when a person or an organization grabs something of mine without asking. I find it rude. Uh, another person who found it rude was Zach Roberts. Uh, Zach thought it was rude, and he wrote a story about it on AroundTheLens.com, our website, which where you can find uh, everything that we post, our show notes, links to all our social media, and, of course, our Patreon. Go ahead and throw us a bone at Patreon.com slash AroundTheLens, by the way, if you want to you know, get everything we do a week early. Anyways, uh, the story that uh, Travis wrote about, I'm sorry, that uh, Zach wrote about <laughs> was uh, about award-winning photographer, I'm going to mess this up, Yi Kim. Uh, basically saying that you know Instagram wasn't good for photographers. In the story that uh, in Travis recounts, basically Mashable wanted to use a photo of hers for a story about female photojournalists. Sounds great, right? You know, you want to get recognized, and you know, Mashable is a very big website. Well, she was flattered, and she wanted to work out a license agreement with Mashable, and Mashable didn't want to pay for her work. So she said, okay, thanks, but no thanks. And, and uh, instead of not using her work, they decided to go to her Instagram page and embed her work into their story without asking. So she sued, and the judge ruled in favor of Mashable, citing their terms and conditions, which granted them full rights to their images. So some questions I want to throw to you panelists is, you know, how should we feel about Mashable? How should we feel about Instagram, and how do we feel about this situation overall? And as tradition here, we always like to start with our guest. So, Ben, what do you? What's your take on this story? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Yogi Kim is. Uh, I mean, she's sort of like the perfect case study uh, for this kind of thing. She's really engaged with protecting her rights and other photographers' rights. Um, you know, she understands how to, uh, you know, craft a, a lawsuit, you know, unfortunately it's just the terms of service are, you know, biased against photographers. Um, personally, I don't use Instagram as like a serious professional platform. It's just sort of a visual diary of like my, uh, my idiot cat. 
and um, you know I use it to like look at other photographers but um, you know it's uh, their uh, sort of rights grab doesn't affect my professional practice at all so you wouldn't post your professional work on there no not at all where do you do you post on any other platform any social platforms um, no, I mean, I, uh, really for the last, uh, three or four years, I've worked primarily, uh, in tangible objects like, uh, prints and books, um, rather than, uh, going for, uh, assignments. So, um, yeah, so Instagram isn't somewhere, uh, that I like advertise what I do. I mean, I guess my, my website has my real work right. on it but of course you know that's copyrighted of course of course as it should be uh, everything we do should be copyrighted right you know whether it's online or instagram or facebook or wherever um you, you said that you don't use it to promote you know things you're doing but like for instance you just had your book american service attention service member come out right like i have to imagine you use social media to promote that book right or your publishing company oh did. yeah so, i mean how would you promote that book um well the book is essentially self-published, um, but uh, I, I promoted the book um, through sort of using like media channels. Like I, I reached out to uh, the Washington Post and the New Yorker. Um, I reached out to more uh, photo-specific uh, magazines like um, Jörg Kohlberg's uh, Conscientious Photo Mag, um, and of course, uh, being on the um, Aperture First Book Award shortlist was uh, huge for sort of legitimizing my little self-published book as uh, as something that people might want to uh, look at. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, I used Instagram in that way, and uh, you know, people were sharing my work uh, here and there, and uh, you know, I was just trying to find uh, a broader audience for you know this weird little little photo book um, than just people who are interested in weird little like Dutch design right. photo books. I wanted to reach people who lived the wars or, or knew people who lived the wars or, um, you know, we're just sort of interested in how we found ourselves in this uh, like post-truth moment in politics and like what is the way we looked at war, like what is the way the sort of visual language, what we expect war pictures to look like, how does that all play into uh, to where we're at now? And and I think I got lucky that the timing was right, that there was an appetite for that. So it wasn't like I was using Instagram to like try and convince people like this is this experience you want to have, like selling it through traditional ways. I was like, uh, well, this is what happened to me for like the last 15 years of like my life in photography and here's what I think it has to say about our like present moment. Um, you said you self-published the book, so that means you had to basically promote it yourself and, and use all the channels available to get people interested and, and promote it, right? Yeah, I mean, really, like unless you're already a ridiculously famous uh, person or are working on a ridiculously famous uh, topic, you're going to be responsible for your own marketing um, regardless. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I worked in, in the media world uh, for a long time, so it wasn't 
um, you know, a big reach to, uh, you know, get interest from the more influential, like, photo blogs, like, uh, like the Washington Post's uh, Inside or uh, the New Yorker's um, photo booth. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Times Lens blog um, is down, but, you know, I don't have that many followers on Instagram. You know, I think I have, like, 1,500 now. I had probably 700 when I started the book. Um, so to say that that was um, a big factor in its success is, you know, I, I don't think I really relied on, on social media necessarily to, to push the book beyond my own small personal audience and, you know, my friends and family. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't even use Twitter. Right. Uh, I barely do. I barely use any of the social medias, honestly, besides Facebook, but... That's just me. So you used other platforms to kind of promote, again, larger platforms that may have had their own social media following and whatnot to help promote the book. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, because, I mean, I I felt like uh, the audience I really wanted to hit um, wasn't uh, like this audience that's going to be like looking at hashtags or whatever or being responsive to uh, the finicky little ways you can target people through social media. Um, You know, they were going, like, I wanted to find an audience that was interested in the topic specifically. So that required going sort of beyond the, like, uh, niche photo book um, uh, platforms. And I think when we were talking over email and I was scheduling you for this show, you had mentioned, you know, hoping to have sold out of your stock of books by the time you appeared. How's that going for you? How's that going? Uh, great. Uh, yeah, I sold out in January. Um, there's a couple of limited editions left, um, but those are big bucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are price gouging on Amazon. You know, I'm kicking myself for only printing 1,500 books, but but at the time, I mean, everyone told me that that was a crazy number to print, that it would take me two years to sell 500. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I underestimated the response to the book. So, yeah. you know, I'm working on a second edition, but, you know, the upfront costs are significant. So I feel like really, really lucky going into COVID having sold basically all my investments to pay for the book and then actually turning a small profit on the book, um, which is crazy. And then, and now I've got like all this cash and checking. So it's like, do I really want to fold that into a second printing right now? I mean, I do, but I want to be smart. Maybe wait a few months. (laughs) Yeah. We're a little bit more stable, I would say. But then, no, that's really mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and so you had to pay for all those books to be created, and then what, did you have Amazon act as your sort of warehouse, or did you store them at home? No, no. You you, you stored them at home? I stored them in my studio. Oh, my, and you had to... Sh- well, in my studio. You had to ship out every single one of them? I Holy did. cow. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did sell to bookstores as well, but, I mean, those numbers are pretty small. Like, The Strand in New York took maybe 50 books. Okay. And uh, Charcoal Book Club, uh, they bought uh, over 300, um, so that was good. But, I mean, I still put them in the back of my Subaru and drove them out to Ohio. Um, And, uh, yeah, but other than that, I, you know, but running an e-commerce business in this day and age is not rocket science. Like, you just, you get the software, you get the boxes, you get the packing tape, and you just make it happen, you know. 
Also, like, I, I mean, I was an NCO in the Army. The things like, you know, organization at that basic level, like, it's not really a challenge for just, me. Just get some <laughs> retired or uh, out-of-service supply troops, and they'll, uh, they'll run yeah, your uh, stuff for you. They'll do your logistics, yes. but... Um, <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Congratulations on on selling all that. I know uh, you know a lot of people struggle in Thank the market, you. so good for you. I mm -hmm. think you, you hit hit a nerve with what your topic was, okay. and I think people are just very interested in, in that kind of stuff. Um, getting back to the Instagram, though, uh, we'll throw it over all over to Travis, <laughs> yeah. uh, our resident uh, social media hound. Uh, what do you think of this Instagram yeah, story? <laughs> What's that, bud? Yeah. I said, yeah, we might have throw it over to someone that, yeah, might might use Instagram a little bit. I, I have a Once totally different response. I Once know. You have a ton of followers. I'm dying to hear what you think. Yeah. So having about 50,000 followers oh uh, and knowing how important uh, Instagram is in terms of, I, I see, it, it, this is a double-edged sword, yeah. I think, because... Uh, he wears now Ben, you know, uh, I understand doesn't post his work there and uh, doesn't, you know, rely on a following stuff like that in uh, the business I do, which is not photojournalism, which is more commercial portrait and stuff like that. It's sort of your leave behind now. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, creative directors and all these people are looking at your Instagram. And I've lost almost lost jobs because I didn't have an Instagram, wow. you know, going to websites, one thing. And, you know, they want to see your social following. They want to see what you have up there. They want to see what's new. Uh, you know, so it's a very important thing. So when you get a case like this, it's. It kind of makes you go, wait a minute, all right, I got to figure out, I don't want to watermark my stuff and I don't want to, but do I turn it to video where they can't steal mm -hmm. images and, and really use them? Or do I reduce it down? Um, luckily, I haven't had much stolen at all. I mean, people have reposted my work, but I don't mind that because it just puts my name more yeah. out there. Um, uh, it depends how it's used and so like that. So this is, you know, this case is disturbing. Um, I think it's uh, brings attention. Uh, luckily, you know, uh, being a chairman of an American photographic artist, one of the leading things we do is uh, advocacy and copyright. Now we're we're fighting for the Case Act, and uh, which is going through Congress, and uh, hopefully we'll, you know, makes it a little easier for people to uh, make claims against stuff like this. Um, so it's it's a very worrisome that you see this, but. It doesn't. I'm not going to pull my stuff from Instagram yet. It's not enough that uh, I'm, I'm that worried uh, as of yet. Um, if there were some bigger cases and used in advertising, and these were images, you know, used to profit another company, then I'd, I'd get, I'd pull my stuff immediately. But that's not what's happening quite here yet. Yeah, I was looking at your Instagram page right now, and your latest shot of you in a. All you do is put on a submarine, a scuba mask, and like 932 likes. Well done. Well done, sir. I put that up last night. Yeah, I was a little bored <laughs> in isolation. And being a portrait photographer and only having myself to shoot uh, has changed uh, the dynamic of my <laughs> shots. <laughs> that's right. Well, you can always shoot people from a distance on their porch. But, you know, that's a whole uh, other yeah. topic. So I guess I guess you won't be taking uh, Zach's um, picture here of the hash and using the hashtag respect photographers copyright and posting it onto your Instagram, I presume. No, I yeah. won't. I respect what Zach's saying and, and the position he's taking, but uh, um, and uh, I, but unfortunately, uh, Instagram is part of my business, and I do get jobs from yeah. it, and, uh, and and a lot of outreach from it. So it's it's an important part of what I do and my income. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it has to be something where you're you're willing to accept a degree of perhaps your imagery will be shared, but for the you know promotional benefit, I guess for the exposure bucks, if you will. 
And and quite honestly, usually the stuff I put on Instagram, uh, if you'll see it on my website, the, the picture is slightly different. I'll crop in, I'll change a little of the filtering, right. I'll change a little bit of the, the actual Instagram post so it's just solely becoming an Instagram yeah. post and uh, it's different than from what you know the, the real live uh, image would be. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Evelyn, what's your take on all this this nonsense? Yeah, so I mean, I don't have anywhere near the following Travis does, but I feel it's really important. Like, I, I'm not ready to give up Instagram, and I feel like I'm always wanting to increase my presence, spend more time on it, work harder, you know, on Instagram, because it is really important for me as a photojournalist and a freelancer, especially in DC. If you're covering events, all the editors, you know, I think are checking Instagram, looking at your work. I know for you know, future jobs, people absolutely beyond my website are probably first going to Instagram, I think, in this day and age. Um, yeah. And, you know, I do repost my photojournalism work. I share things. I, you know, I, I have increased my number of followers. I don't have many followers, but just in the past, you know, months when, I, when I'm more active, I get tons and tons more followers. And um, it's important, but I, I think it's completely crap to steal these images. I mean, I'm, I, I think it's, Totally unfair. Um, it's a shame that the photojournalists, you know, haven't won. I think it was, um, was it Amy Vitale or Lindsay Vidario? I can't remember the, the case. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think anybody should be stealing our images. And I understand that they're providing a platform, but I don't think that that's the trade-off because there are other ways that they can make money without um, letting other companies steal the imagery. I mean, they're selling advertising and doing all of those things. So I think it shafts us in the end. Um, as usual, where the, the photojournalists are the ones making the least amount of money, you know, yeah. and sharing this important work. And especially in like, I mean, when I'm covering the coronavirus, I find people are so interested in what I'm seeing and what I'm doing. They feel trapped in there. I mean, it's just another form of communication in this day and age. People aren't picking up the newspaper necessarily, but they may be picking up um, social media. And you can post pictures of your cat. They're great. I post photos of my dog, <laughs> my family, I put, you know, nature or whatever. But I also post, post um, news stuff. And I think, it, you know, it reaches all kinds of people. And I don't want to shut that down. I did sort of freak out and, and put my... Um, put my uh, account on private temporarily while I'm sort of figuring all this out. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I need to, I think I'm going to undo that though and go back to public and I think I'm going to watermark. I think that's my plan. Okay. So yeah, but, um, but no, I, I mean, you know, I hope that, I mean, I just, yes, I'm completely, I think we should be using Instagram. I think, I mean, if you want, it's totally optional, but I think it's a great tool. It's a tool I don't want to stop using. I love sharing my work on it and reaching all kinds of people. And I don't want people stealing my images, bottom line. And I think it's completely unfair. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the, uh, I think yeah. the, the, the tough thing about it is sort of, for a lot of the industry, it's become a necessity. So to kind of yeah. pull back from it is, is gonna damage us and to use it could damage us. So it, it's a sort of this catch 22 kind of issue that uh, is really kind of tough. And uh, you have to weigh the, uh, the you know, the, the cost reward and, uh, you know, risk factor in this. And uh, if uh, it's, uh, the risk is too much for you, you're gonna lose something or something like that. And you have, then you pull out. But if you, if it's helping you and, you know, as a tool, yeah. then you use it. I can't imagine anybody starting their career can avoid it. I mean, it's it's just it's just I'm not like Travis said. It's a leave behind. You know, you've gotta gotta have some presence. I think um, depending on the work that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't apply to everybody, but I can't imagine freelancers or portrait photographers making their mark in the world without somebody wanting to see their social media. Yeah, and now of course you have to be a TikTok photojournalist in order to have any sort of presence <laughs> on social media. Anybody yeah. try TikTok yet? 
Dave, how's your TikTok going? I have not. I'm not going anywhere yeah. near TikTok. Forget that nonsense. <laughs> I'm not giving China any of my personal information. Sorry. Not that, you know, your personal information is going a million different directions, a million different companies. But I don't know. I, I don't trust TikTok personally. But, you know, I'm a, I, I, I've seen what people post on there and whatnot. It's like it's fun, but, you know, it's going to get reposted on a, a site that I don't mind visiting, like Reddit or wherever. But I don't know. Do you like TikTok, Travis? Are you pushing that for your APA folks yet? I, I no, I'm not. I mean, I I understand the benefits of it, and the demographic that you're going to get is a very different demographic, and uh, um, it can be a very very useful tool tool and get in front of thousands of eyes, millions yeah. of eyes. Uh, it's not something that I'm going to put the effort into right now. It's uh, I'm still kind of focused on uh, Instagram and uh, and Facebook, and just because I've built so much time there. But uh, it's not it's not a bad place for people to invest in and do things because it's uh, it's got a huge audience. Get with the times, Boomer. Come on. I know. I'm feeling the age today. Yeah. <laughs> it's built I'm still starting with Instagram stories, <laughs> like getting off of my regular straight, you know, Instagram and trying to do stories. Yeah. Like I'm having a hard time adapting to that. Yeah. Uh, Evelyn, I'm going to double your uh, follower account right now. If you want to follow Evelyn on Instagram, it's it's right. She's got to accept Evelyn you, Picks P I X. <laughs> yeah. Not Evelyn P I C S. Yeah, my request is in. Nope. Yeah. You got to feel special if she responds yes. Yeah. Surprisingly enough. I know. Uh, I've never had it on private. I think I'm going to unprivate it, but then just do the watermarking. That's what you know. That's my plan. See, I would be okay with Instagram if you they allowed you to stop embedding. Like I don't know if you could turn off the embedding capability from other people, but that would be something I think would be beneficial uh, for people who don't want their stuff, you know, used without sort of their consent, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, half the time people use my stuff, it's like they've already, they've just screenshotted it and reposted yeah. it. So, yeah. you know, if you have it on website, they can get it from your website. It, yeah. Just from somewhere else. I mean, if you, if they want it, they'll find it. As long, if yeah. it's in the internet, they can do it. That's right. And, you know, watermark just kind of make the image look bad because if they're going to want to use it, they're just going to crop out the watermark or they're just going to blur out the watermark or they're just going to, I mean, it gives you a little stronger case if they do that, but at the same time, if they want to do it, then you have to go through all of that. Yeah, so, I don't like the watermark, but I don't really know what my choice is, you know? I think you just post as normal. Has anyone ever stolen anything? Yeah. Really? Then, yeah. Then, I mean, but yeah. I don't know, not in like any kind of commercial way, but I find myself on I mean, random websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can do the cease and desist. But, uh, yeah, my, my feeling is if, if it's benefiting, if they're using it without credit, if they're stealing and something, then, then yeah, you send a nasty letter or something like that and trying to make it sound, you know, like uh, you have a lawyer and, and a lot of money. Just find a cease and desist <laughs> template. Make up a lawyer name. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and put a bunch of fake CCs to uh, really big law firms that you, I'm, I'm CCing my lawyer. I got it right now. You can say <laughs> 15 lawyers. the law firm of Keys, Murphy. Uh, Roberts and Hamilton. There you go. Um, I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm sad that Mashable did this. I think it's it was underhanded. They should have respected the yeah. photographer's rights and not just gone ahead and done what you know. Obviously, they could do it because it's a feature, but I think it's poor showing, especially considering they went to the effort to even ask the person to be a part of the article. I mean, I get it. You don't want to pay for stuff. Nobody wants to pay for content. Content costs money. But Mashable is a giant website that has an ad budget. It should have been able to pay uh, some sort of licensing fee for the work 
that these people created if it wanted to create this article. So I, I don't frequent Mashable myself um, that often personally, but again, I think it's underhanded what Mashable did. Instagram, Instagram needs to fix its system. But, but you get paid an exposure, and we know how much exposure is worth. Right. <laughs> I pay my rent. <laughs> you can pay yeah. everything. Exposure. I went to the supermarket today. I gave them 15 exposure, and they uh, got me a loaf of bread. Yeah. Exposure. It's like Bitcoin. Yeah, Wouldn't exactly. that be crazy if exposure was like some sort of tradable cryptocurrency? That would be great. I think, I think toilet paper is more valuable. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of is. Like, uh, I mean, if you look at, like, the photo book world, it's uh, really tiny and really insular, and they all expose each other's work. And, uh, you know, that's how this, like, little niche community, like, sells, you know, 800 book, like, somebody sells 800 books that are, like, pictures of a barn that, like, you know, cost 80 bucks. And it's like, how the hell? Product. You know, the product exists, it's been created, and it's a commodity for you to sell rather than stealing your image, which is, yeah. you know, maybe, um, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. if that's how you make your living. You're trying to sell your book. Right. So it's like free advertising, that exposure. And it's, yeah, you're yeah. saying. It's already. But I mean, like, I was approached was by. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I, I mean, I was approached by, like, RT, like, Russia Today. Like, they wanted to promote my book. And I mean, like, I felt like I had to respond to that initial inquiry so violently that <laughs> they would not dare, like, steal my pictures and, like, run it anyway. It's like, I will definitely come get you. <laughs> I will come to Russia, and I'll talk to Putin myself, yeah. and we will get this resolved. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, in yeah. the end... But, you know, that's why my book's printed in Europe and not in China. It's like, you know, or Turkey. It's like, you know, politically speaking, it just, like, wasn't possible for me to want to like produce a book about like the visual language of you know these wars using like you know uh uh, uh a rival powers um uh infrastructure and i mean yeah turkey's a like a nato ally but like i mean what i i got more loyalty to the kurds than the turks you know in my own professional life um, so <laughs> I took them off the table. So yeah, it's printed in the Netherlands, which is a actual NATO ally. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. As far as my whole take on Instagram, like I personally, I use it to post family stuff, so I'm not really concerned. No one's going to bother to take anything I post off there. The, you know, our, our show Instagram page is just for promotional material for episodes. So please steal everything we post on there and, and share it. Um, so, and then, you know, in terms of professional photojournalism work, you know, having seen the way, you know, Zach and, and sort of presented this story, I'll definitely be very conscientious of what I put up and how I put up. Now, even though, Evelyn, you mentioned watermarks. When you're saying like watermark, are you talking about like a little something in the corner of the picture that says like, you know, Evelyn uh, photography, whatever? Or are you talking about something that's like right yeah, in the middle that's like ever present? No, oh, I don't think I could do that just because it would yeah, be hard mm. to look at. I think I'd probably do it at the bottom. I mean, I've noticed like John Stanmeyer, he's got, he watermarks mm. stuff and um, 
Uh, I met him once, and I remember him saying something like how important it is, and I hadn't really thought about it, but he's an example that comes to mind, just something along the bottom, probably. Oh. Stan Meyer lives like two towns I away from me. I oh, said well. Mass, so I thought, yeah. yeah, I went to his little gallery one time, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. And then I thought, oh, let me go over to Stockbridge or whatever. Isn't that what it's uh -huh. called? Yeah, cool. West Stockbridge, yeah. Cool place, yeah. Yeah. Really this guy's doing Instagram Instagram. right, 368,000 followers, and his page is private, yeah. so there you go. Is it? Yeah, but he's with Geographic. Um, yeah. You know, how how many followers does uh, Nat Geo have? Like, millions? Yeah. Um, so if they tag him once a month, like, he's getting, uh, you know, 80,000 bots following him every yeah. month and probably another 80,000 real yeah. people. Yeah, 134 million followers, so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I actually, when the New Yorker ran a piece about my book, I actually asked their um, social uh, for the magazine itself, which has a ton of followers, not to um, tag my account in it just because, like, I'm comfortable with 1,500 people following me. Like, having 40,000 bots like just thrown onto the top of it I I just like I feel like I'd have to delete my Instagram and start over yeah. again yeah. you know <laughs> I hear you all right well let's go ahead and move on to our next story tonight another major big topic something big came out in the news if you care at all about gear which in the reality we shouldn't care at all about gear because gear doesn't matter but of course we talk about news topics and gear as part of around the lens so we have to talk about it uh, Canon just announced their R5, uh, this myth myth mythical spec monster, uh, when, it, when it's actually released, will be uh, the most powerful camera in its form factor, sporting uh, hot features like 8K30 and 4K120 and IBIS and dual pixel autofocus, all without crop. It's amazing. So what do we all think about this camera? Is it is it on our wish list? Why or why not? You know, how much do we think this camera will cost? You know, how much would you pay? What was what's going your threshold? Uh, I want to throw it to our resident Canon user, Miss Evelyn Hochstein. Uh, Evelyn, what what's your thoughts on the Canon R5? You're the one thinking about switching the mirrorless, right? So, is this going to be the camera yeah, for you? Yeah. So I was. Um, wait. So this is the I, this is the up next level from the RS. I thought this was like a next generation DSLR. <laughs> There's no, there's no S. It's the R5. The, the, uh, there's the R. Okay. Oh, the R, the RP, which is the low, lower down, which the, the okay, only. So mirrorless. Right now, the R and the RP. The R5 was uh, teased uh, already and and talked. They. This is another reinduction. Uh, reinduction. Okay. Yeah, we, we've actually. Came I totally want to switch to mirrorless. Um, I mean, I just sorry, I was confused. Um, I, yes, I mean, if it would, if it's a great, I tried the R whatever, the original mirrorless right. mm -hmm. cameras. And I didn't, um, they were fine, they were sharp, they did the job, I did a couple assignments with them, they were great, but I didn't want to switch from my Mark IV, they just weren't quite there for me yet. The functionality just didn't seem quick yeah. enough, fast enough. Um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't make the leap. Um, but they were great, they took the pictures. Um, so if this does what I need, if this can take the speed and, you know, the focus and, you know, if I can translate what I feel comfortable with with my Mark IV at that professional level into a mirrorless, I would definitely switch at this point because I want the silence. Um, so I haven't gone to, I mean, I've been uh, on the verge of, you know, jumping to Sony mirrorless at any second, but maybe I'll hold out and see. But it will also depend on the price point, yeah, I think. Yeah, price is a big thing. Yeah, 
priced okay. I don't know how this is where this is going to fall. Yeah, I mean, they haven't revealed the price yet. If I were to take a wild stab in the dark, I'd probably guess around the $4,500 mark because of its, oh. its features and capabilities. Um, what would you say? Do you think that was reasonable or? I don't think I'd make a leap. That's because I think the Sonys, or you can get a really good Sony, Travis, probably for less than that, like in the freeze, maybe. So, Sony's, depending on what you want to do, if you want like a Media Beast, uh, the A9, you can get about $3,500 right now. And that thing is just going to serve you so well. Um, the Ace, you know, the, 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 the high resolution ones uh, are, are are all thirty by thirty five hundred. You know the the A seven R four, which is a sixty megapixel, but that's too much for what you're shooting. Um, the A seven three you could get for about two thousand twenty four hundred. Yeah, I feel like that's my thirty five. I don't know. The Mark fours are about that price. I've never really been able to go to the, like the big, crazy, more expensive mm -hmm. Canons. I mean, that's freelancers is a lot of yeah, a lot of dough. So, um, so, yeah. Yeah. Finish up. No, no. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not as tech. I'm not as much of a techie. I definitely want to go to mirrorless. We'll see what it comes out with the prices, how it shoots. And that would sort of, you know, make my decision. And I guess the price point compared to Sony, I think they probably have to come in at a comparable to the A9, I would imagine, to be competitive in the photojournalism market. The the A92, which is the, their latest one, is $4,500, the Sony. Oh. Um, okay. So the last generation A9 is 3500 but uh, the A92 has a lot more uh, in terms of live journalism, uh, Ethernet ports and stuff like that and, and uh, kinds of stuff on it that uh, makes it a more kind of something you'd want at the Olympics or at a huge press pool. Or it's a really kind of geared for that, um, and it's an incredible camera, and the focusing is super fast. What's interesting about the new Canon, if all the specs are right, um, I have an uh, – obviously, I'm a Sony shooter, but uh, I do have an EOS uh, R uh, and uh, – it's an impressive little camera, and if they improve the things that I found that were wrong on it, not having a, you know, uh, a jog, uh, you know, uh, focus button on it, a yeah. dedicated stick, uh, which made it really difficult. Um, but uh, in low light, it worked really well. Uh, it, they're going to put uh, dual card slots in, 8K. They're going to uh, up the resolution. They're, I mean, it, it's it's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, and kind of uh, push uh, push the envelope, I think, and, and be a very interesting camera. And what they're doing with their new lens mount is they're creating some great new glass that's really interesting. Some of their 2.0s and some of their other, you know, they're, they're beautiful. Then they render really beautiful. They're doing some really exciting stuff with lenses, uh, which is and, and they made a shorter 70 to 200, which uh, you know, is amazing uh, for that the for their line. That line, it's pretty pretty impressive. When's this camera dropping? Sounds exciting. This year. That's, that's what we'll this see. Yeah. We, yeah, they haven't announced a release so date, but. I, Everything. They're saying this year, summer maybe, but with all the COVID stuff going on, I doubt it. Maybe fall. They don't have to rush it for the Olympics now. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely so, try. I mean, that's a nice thing. You can test these things out and see how it goes. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get used to the electronic viewfinder using mirrorless? It's uh, <laughs> It, it went on the first couple iterations of the the Sony's and mirrorless. Uh, it was tough because there was the little lag and stuff like that. But with the new ones, there's 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 zero lag. The A9s have zero lag, so you don't see anything different. And the amount of information I have in that uh, that EVF is unbelievable. Uh, so I mean, I, what I'm seeing is what the picture is going to come out to be. Uh, so I mean, it, I can see everything that I want to see in there, and it gives me so much information that uh, I I don't really kind of want to go back to you know 
a, a DSLR. I, I do still like my Canon uh, 5D Mark IV. I think it's a, it's a good work tool and, and, and serves me well. But uh, if I have one camera that I'm going to take with me, it's going to be my Sony's. My first mirrorless. I'm with. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. With this. Oh no, I'm just saying it's a really it's a hard adjustment, yeah. and I think I will get used to it eventually. But um, it's 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 challenging for sure. Usually, when you, like you switch over the first two weeks, you hate it. You yeah. hate it. And, and then you kind of realize all the benefits. And then the newer ones, you know, because they have such great EVFs, especially the screens inside. I mean, anytime I show someone a picture in the EVF, they go, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's one of the best things I get. Oh, I'm like, oh, they look at the back screen. Like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, look in the, look in the viewfinder. And every time they go, oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, they're beautiful. Yeah, when I got the GH4, hmm. I was originally... I was very um, turned off by the EVF. I never wanted to use the camera for still photography. I only used it for video, which is why I bought it, because I wanted 4K video. Um, but with the GH5, they fixed or upgraded the EVF to a point where I was very comfortable with it and, and found its capabilities and sort of the preview capability and all the additional information outweighed the any sort of potential maybe discomfort with using it. and by that point i had gotten used to evf so when i got the gh5 i was perfectly comfortable using it with you know photography and now at work i use all of the s1 series cameras from panasonic and their evf is brilliant it's 120 frames per second you know very comparable to what is you know putting put out by sony you don't even notice the fact that it's an evf it's just like looking through another viewfinder so yeah You'll get used to it after a while, but it's definitely uh, an improvement overall from typical, you know, viewfinders. Especially the, the it's just so fast on focusing, and she can shoot twenty frames a second. I mean, it's like I went and uh, they sent me out and uh, with the the brand. The, it was at that time the the four hundred two eight and uh, the the A nine with the software update and uh, uh, to a rugby game, a professional rugby game, just to shoot and test the equipment and. Uh, I would just hear noises on the side, and I'd turn my camera and, and not even look to focus, and, and I would hit focus. I, it, it is so fast and blazingly good. It's it's pretty. It's like little magic elves in there. I don't know what the hell's going on. They figured out something amazing. Now I know Ben probably from your time in the military used Nikon equipment because that's what you were issued. Um, what do you use yep. now? Um, I'm still with Nikon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly uh, I shoot with SLRs. Um, you know, uh, working in uh, conflict areas, it's definitely every pound you carry, uh, you're really gonna feel it. And I mean, it's just true, like in photojournalism, yeah. when you know you're on your feet, you're carrying all your kit. Um, but you know, when you're going over mountains and carrying body armor and carrying, you know, a day's worth of water and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it makes a difference. So once uh, SLRs uh, drop the vertical uh, vertical grip and we're still like good professional cameras, uh, that was really a revelation for me. Um, I've I've played around with the Sony uh, like the A7 II, A7R II. Um, I, I appreciate that they're lightweight. The lenses are fantastic. Um, not durable enough uh, for what I do. I need a magnesium camera that I can hammer yeah. nails with. Yeah. Um, and that's always been SLRs for me. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, different strokes, different folks, and different yeah. needs for different photographers. Ultimately, you know, maybe they'll come out with something that's more robust in the mirrorless, you know, game at some point. Because ultimately, you know, when you think about robustness, a mirrorless is going to be more robust than a DSLR because it doesn't have that mirror. 
that is a mechanical feature that can you know potentially break um, when you're out there and, and you know you don't have to worry about the amount of uh, what is it cycles or you know that a, a frame you know that goes through so you know something to keep in mind I uh, does does Canon or the R5 or any of the mirrorless cameras intrigue you as potentially you know if it weren't for the durability like you know potentially switching switching over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what I'm most interested in with mirrorless right now is with medium format. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Fujifilm has some really interesting cameras, the Hasselblad X1D2. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, the Texas Leica. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Um, and, like, for me, that uh, the larger sensor justifies... Uh, the what I view as drawbacks of, of of the mirrorless. Like for full frame, it's like I've got my D eight hundreds. Like that's all I need. Yeah, those are those are workhorses and great cameras still. I mean, yeah. a ten is getting what you would think in camera things long in the tooth. It's still amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I mean, like when I was in the army, like I photographed with a D two H which is a four megapixel camera that, I mean, even at like native ISO, it looked like garbage. Um, Hot and garbage. I was shooting at like 3200 the whole time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, it kind of gives the pictures like a certain look. It's like, oh, these pictures were taken at the time when digital cameras had replaced film, yet were worse than film. Uh, so. Yeah, when I came in, I was working with uh, cameras that didn't even have screens on the back. You had a little serial port. You plug that in. That's how you, you got your images. You had maybe you could shoot like 30 images on your memory card, your 32 megabyte memory card, if the, if you were lucky enough to get that size. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the R5. I actually did a commentary about it you can listen to it or watch it on uh, aroundthelens.com uh, and get my thoughts i, I kind of do a, a nice little 10 minute diatribe about what i think about this camera and not only what i think about but you know its potential for the future of visual journalism and you know i said this during the the commentary is that what i think about and you know normally i would tell like someone like evelyn like you're a photographer first and foremost this isn't the camera for you i'd say you know go find something that you know is more photo focused but with 8K at 30 frames per second, I could see myself going out to a protest or going out to an event and shooting that with the 8K 30 and then being able to go back when I go to edit, pull frames from that because the, the resolution is just so high. I mean, there's really no, you're not losing anything when you pull frames from 8K stills. I mean, it's 33 megapixels per frame at minimum. You pull your frames, you send your frames off to the AP or your Washington Post or whoever wants their photos, and then you take that, you edit it into a B-roll product, maybe export it out to 4K or 1080p or whatever is faster or easier. And you got a video product as well that you're selling to broadcast studios and making, you know, Boku bucks selling videos. So, you know, we, we've toyed around with the idea since 1080p, you know, with the potential of being able to pull frames, right? And with 4K became, you know, more of a reality. I know some people who did it. 8K, I mean, that's it. That's that's the, the, the well, point, you know? Uh, obviously, Canon thinks they have something here because <clears throat> how often does a camera company pre-release uh, 
tease it multiple times that it's coming out that you know and, and you know it's not even out yet you know usually sony releases you know a big event or you know nikon or you know they, they'll have some big event and release it and they want to keep it under wraps completely this is you know multiple times they're releasing this and more and more information on it and it's been seen in the wild and it's obviously at uh, some of the big trade shows before all this went down they had a body out uh, uh so I mean, this is a real thing and I, a lot of people are very excited about it because i mean it's one of those things like uh all those specs got to be too good to be true so people really want to see if it's going to hold up to have, have everything that it's touted to have. Yeah, they need to have a big event and invite all the people over as soon as possible. And debut this thing. Social distance. That's right, six feet apart. <laughs> all right. 85 mil lenses. There you go. Get a stadium and every six feet have one person out. All right. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic this evening because I know we got uh, Ben turned into a pumpkin here pretty soon. Uh, basically, our last topic this this evening talks about COVID nineteen. Surprise, surprise! We can't have a show where we don't talk about you know the most uh, impactful event in all of our lives, right? Anyways, um, let's talk about the virus a little bit. I want to talk about monetary relief. Of course, you know the the government, American government, pushed out their monetary relief for people uh, and businesses. You know, that, of course, that's been all over the news. And you know, I want to throw it to you all. Have you received your money from the government? Uh, will this money be enough to get you through this time? And, you know, how are you doing overall? Um, you know, let's start with you, Travis. We haven't started with you yet. Um, yeah, I have not received anything yet, stimulus or, or unemployment. And uh, I think I talked to someone on the phone as of April 3rd uh, and got everything through. But uh, still, you know, it says pending. Uh, nothing on stimulus. And every time you go to that get my money on IRS, it says uh, unable to process oh, no. or, you know, so, uh, you know, APA has been kind of leading, uh, doing webcasts on uh, business talks and uh, reaching out to the community and stuff like that. And this is a, a major problem through any of the, you know, the loan processes, uh, you know, all that money kind of got scooped up and people got it and banks ran out of money. And uh, it's it's been a mess. It's been an absolute mess. And uh, there are some people that are getting it, but uh, most people are are, uh, are not getting the, the help they need. And uh, it's a scary, scary times for a lot of people. Now, let me ask you this, since you, you know, have a photography business, are you applying for any of the you know business small business aspects of the loan so a lot of those ones are you know uh the payroll ones and stuff like that and i don't have a bunch of people on my payroll just myself so uh what what looked like you know a ten thousand dollar loan uh, uh, turns out to a thousand per person so it'll be only a thousand dollars which is a lot for you know anything but it, it the, the most of that has you know those banks have run out of that yeah. money and aren't, aren't even processing that the, the things kind of loopholes and things you have to jump through to go that just wasn't uh, you know i'm already having headaches with trying to get anybody on uh, the stimulus or, or about the unemployment can't get you just can't get it on the phone it's just impossible i've spent redial i i even downloaded an automatic redial onto oh my, my phone <laughs> And uh, you just can't get anyone there. And and what what the most frustrating point is, there's 15 minutes of listening to messages just to get to that final thing after pressing 15, you know, different press two, press five, press list this, list that, just to say, oh, we're busy, we can't get to you. And you know, that's just the repetitive process day in day out, day out. So it's it, you kind of give up. And I, I you know, I think it's sort of designed that way right now to <laughs> frustrate people. So it's just, and, and uh, it, it's not getting it's not getting any better. And I think it's going to get worse. Yeah, they're hoping you just go away because you're frustrated. Like the cable companies will put you on hold for two yeah. hours so you don't cancel your cable bill. It's the same thing. Yeah. Be like, hopefully they'll go away. Uh, Evelyn, you're a freelancer trying to make it in the, the big city. How are you doing? Uh, I feel like I'm doing okay because I'm getting like one assignment a week. You know, I think um, it feels pretty good. I mean, it's dreadful. It's like literally one assignment every seven or eight days. I shot a cool story for the post. How does that compare to um, like pre-COVID? 
Oh, I mean, I was working, you know, not every day, but most days. Um, yeah, it's terrible. It's like a tenth of my work, oh, wow. probably. Um, haven't gotten my stimulus check yet. I don't know when that's coming. Check Sims Travis IRS website, and you know, I figure it will come eventually. But I have not seen it, and I don't know anybody in this area. I, I've heard of other people in other states who've gotten theirs. Um, DC unemployment. I tried to apply as self-employed, um, hasn't worked out yet. It seems very confusing as a self-employed person if you don't have W-2s or a record of like a full-time employer. I'm not sure how if it's going to work, but I'm going to keep plugging away and trying to do it. But I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. You know, I feel fortunate. I'm okay. Um, you know, that amount of work and savings and, you know, uh, I, I, I think some photographers might not be working at all. So I, I kind of feel grateful that I've had a couple of assignments, so okay yeah yeah sucks though yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's really good and i mean i'm glad that everybody's like all the organizations i know have emergency funds for photographers that you can apply for women photojournalists i'm sure apa has something yeah. nppa so i think it's been amazing to see people coming together and i know that you know people are really struggling so um yeah i'm just trying to take it in stride so now's the perfect time to buy a 4500 hundred dollar camera you know just yeah, I'm <laughs> right now yeah just check for gear <laughs> and that actually right. could play into canon's release strategy you know i mean touching from the last story uh you know that they're probably not going to release until maybe things have calmed down a little bit because people don't have discretionary income at this point so you can see that with a lot of manufacturers, you know, Sony and others maybe holding off oh, until the chance of building these cameras is going to be interrupted. I mean, the, 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 there's a world economy that's going to be, you know, a lot of camera stuff. You know, you look at anything in this industry from film to TV to, you know, making of products. All this is going to take a hit and a delay in, in, in supply. So uh, I, I think that uh, certain things I know there were some certain Sony items that were possibly possibly uh, going to be released that uh, have been pushed. Oh. Uh, but uh, um, but at the same time, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to stay relevant and get other stuff out. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. For, you heard it here, folks. 8K <laughs> Sony down on the plane. No, who knows? Uh, that'd be nice. That'd be the dream, right? Although I hear 8K is, you know, just around the corner. I'm still waiting for the GH6 with their 8K camera, but we'll see. Micro Four Thirds, by the way, Ben, that's the way you want to go. If you're yeah. looking to lighten your load, Micro Four Thirds. Trust me. No, it's a super cool format. Uh, what I love about micro four thirds and even like one inch sensors is like how much depth of field you get. Yeah. So when you use these like super long lenses, you can compress perspective into this like really crazy and abstract thing. Um, but you know, it, it's it's not like a, a like a primary camera type thing for me. It's like a yeah, look at this cool thing you can do with the with the gear. You know, <laughs> look, look at this micro four. Isn't this cute? <laughs> Like here, well, this, I mean, when I go a, to Afghanistan, I always bring like a toy <laughs> camera with me as a way of like just sort of breaking it up and staying loose. Like I've got this uh, 360 degree panoramic camera where you like pull a string and let it go and it spins around. Oh, wow. I mean, everyone thinks I'm about to like detonate a bomb or something when I like bring it out. But, uh, it's, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it uh, you know shoots on 35 millimeter film. You got like six or seven exposures per That's roll. Cool. Um, but yeah, just good way to stay loose. Micro four thirds, you know. <laughs> Next time you just yeah. you just pull the string and you praise your deity of choice, and you know, I'm sure no one will be concerned whatsoever. 
Uh, ben, uh, you, you mentioned obviously you're doing okay. You made some book sales, but you know how are you doing overall with all this stuff going on with COVID? You know since it started and currently. Um, yeah, and like I said, I, I'm really really grateful that I'm I'm in a pretty good situation. Um, you know, I, I'm not really an assignment photographer anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, I, a lot of my friends and the people I work with are, and, and I know everyone's really struggling. And I know the New York Times, um, while they don't have that many assignments going around, um, they've been really great about, um, you know, f making a fund, like paying some of their, like, consistent freelancers, uh, making sure everyone has uh, appropriate PPE. Um, but I'm also the director of photography for uh, Report for America and Ground Truth, um, and we, you know, spend money on emerging journalists, and you know, so we've shifted a lot of our like planned projects. Like we had this planned project on uh, global migration, and now that's has shifted to covering COVID. Um, Report for America. We just announced we have 225 new reporters uh, positions that we're funding. Um, in the U.S., a lot of those beats uh, covering like underserved news areas, news deserts, um, have also been shifted to uh, to covering COVID. So, so finding a way to to get photographers paid um, and uh, keep them safe and to do important work is uh, is a big part of of what we do, and and it's it's been really great to be uh, a part of that that process. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know you have to jump off here, so why don't you go ahead and throw all the uh, the places people can find out more about you and your work. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, so uh, my uh, Instagram that I don't take seriously is uh, Dr. Brody. Um, I don't know. People, wait, say it again? Three followers from today. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm going to get like three, four uh, We call that the around the lens bump, just so you're aware. <laughs> yes. Dave and Travis. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, my, uh, my website is uh, photobrody.com. There will be a second printing of the book. Um, you can sign up for my email list, and I'll, I'll email you, or you can follow me on Instagram if, if you want to read more about it. Um, but, yeah, if you're an early career photographer uh, or journalist, please check out Report for America. Um, I'd love to see your application next year. Um, we'll have even more positions next year. We're, you know, we're planning on scaling up to, uh, to over 1,000 uh, journalists in the next uh, several years. Um, but, yeah, and uh, that's where I've got to go. Uh, I've got to hit a meeting uh, for RFA um, right now. And uh, but I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to meet awesome. you. all Well, have fun at your meeting. Tell everybody there that you were on around the lens dot com. And uh, anyone <laughs> who from the uh, website is more than welcome to become a guest on the show. And they can talk more about Report for America as a topic itself. So just let let me know. Yeah, yeah awesome, sounds buddy. good. All right. Babe. All right. Have a good one. OK, see you. Say, say, wash your hands. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, now comes the period of our time with the show where we have small talk. So if you don't <laughs> like that, you can just just pull jump off right now. All right. All right. Gone. Oh, OK, great. They're gone. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Travis, what's been going on? What you got going on here and coming up in the next week or so ahead? Just uh, yeah, I, I uh, on my other show, Open Talk. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, kind of labeled uh, the last week as the 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 week I saw the world kind of cracking, and uh, you know, I, it was a, it was a tough time for all of us, and a kind of a realization that uh, you know, 
I, I know I walked into, uh, if you don't leave your house much right now, and uh, if at all, and I left to get, I'm like, I want Chinese food. So I'm going to go get Chinese food. The whole process was, uh, you know, ordering online, paying online, and then walk, you know, get, go to the restaurant and you open the door and, you know, it's huge, big plastic and there's a little window and you say your name and there's, you know, you step up and then they open the window, they put the food out and they close the window and you grab your food and leave. I'm like, wow, this is, this is the foreseeable future and the world has, it's the first time, like, I, I, I wasn't hiding from it all. I knew yeah. that this was going to be tough and rough, but it was the first time I really kind of the gravity of the world has changed basically forever from this, you know, and, and this is not going to be, this is going to be with us and the, the effects of this for decades and years to come. And uh, I was like, oh, and it really kind of hit us hard. And, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to crack money wise, uh, uh, just being cooped up wise, fear wise, uh, and uncertainty. And uh, it was, I think, a really, really hard week for a lot of people. So, you know, I, and, and it's the first time I I really felt that in a, in a big way. Yeah. What you're describing, Travis, is, you know, what many consider the new normal, right? And even yeah. as, as re businesses reopen, as they've done in Atlanta and whatnot, it's it's not the same. You know, yeah. until there's a, a vaccine that protects us from this, it's going to be difficult for people to relax and get back to the, you know, the before times. And we're actually, you know, we're not struggling, but, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with that right now because, I mean, South Korea has, has been a, a place where there's been a lot of success. You know, we're down to only, you know, less than 10 or in many cases, 10 uh, reports of um, cases a day. And a lot of those are coming from outside the country. So, you know, again, the country has to grapple with a lot of questions about how it moves forward. What's the new normal? How do you how do you live in this post-COVID world? And still protect yourself because again, it you know it only takes one person to spread it and you know create another you know outbreak or whatnot. And you know you're in New York, and man, I I, I feel sorry for you in there in New York. But you know the good news is I think it's going down there, right? I mean it's on the, it's on the sort of downward trend, right? Yeah, you're going from 700 deaths to you know 500 deaths to 400 deaths. So I mean it's 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 trending down, but. Yeah. Uh, you know that uh, you hope people don't go. Oh well, it's trending down. Let me go outside. You know, it, this is more time to buckle down and stay yeah. hard. And uh, if you're in a rush to reopen everything, I think that's just kind of crazy. No, absolutely. Take your time. No rush. I am worried about the other people. <laughs> well, you know the thing about social distancing is just because other businesses open doesn't mean you have to stop social distancing. So exactly. protect yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, hey, by the way, are you done with your Adobe program or is that on hold or is that still going on? So the my tutorials are coming out uh, and, and uh, still coming out. Uh, some of the other work I just completed for Adobe, uh, but uh, I'm still doing the tutorials and, 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 uh, and I'm programming those for Adobe, which is good. Okay, good, good. Glad to know, of course. I know you're keeping busy, but of course another... Yeah. But no, just like everyone else, I mean, I have drips and drabs of jobs. But my my my, my main income of you know going out and shooting uh, you know portraits and you know commercial and an event is completely gone. There's, yeah, there, it just wow. exists. There's I was going to ask if there was anything like even like the one you know job a week or one job in, and, in the blue moon. Social responsibility. I can't I can't I? It's just I'm not going to take that uh, take that on. I mean, yeah. the social risk of you know, God forbid, that someone gets sick on my shoot, you know, or yeah. something like that lawsuit or you know it's just it's just not the time to to go out and shoot you know you have to travel to get to a place studios yeah. and lighting it's just it, it's not possible it's not responsible to do it right okay evelyn how you been you know hanging in there getting a little stir crazy homebound you know yeah. it's a little 
dull. Um, it's starting to, you know, catch, you know, just, I think like everybody, it's starting to wear great. Um, I feel lucky. I did have two assignments actually this week, but I shot one uplifting thing and it really boosted my spirits. I did a, a wedding um, oh, cool. in, on a like very charming street and in DC, a one way street where this couple had to postpone their wedding. So all of the neighbors like threw them a wedding in the street and they all stood on their porches with their PPE, actually a little bit in the streets and they decorated the whole neighborhood and put paper flowers in the trees and swept the street and closed it off for an hour on Saturday. And um, it was really uplifting, I have to say. It's gonna run in the post, I don't know, sometime this week probably in style. And uh, that boosted my spirits because it's raining and boring oh. and just, you know, awful around here. So, yeah. you know, there are little glimmers of community and people coming together and finding ways to adapt and, and, and be social even with distance. So yeah. that was Did nice. One picture of the uh, wedding couple in the church. It was an empty church, but it had uh, pictures of everybody on in, on the pews, like where they would be sitting. And uh, oh. it was it was just a beautiful picture. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see that, um, but I'm sure it would be. And I saw things like that from Easter. And, and they did also Zoom their wedding, so they had the neighborhood. Yeah. And then they also had their family and friends. And, of course, they'll do something. But I, it was it felt it felt almost normal. In a, I mean, it wasn't normal. Actually, maybe it's the new normal because the photo of the couple and then everybody else is wearing masks and, like, you know, standing down the street. So it's definitely not normal. But I don't know. It, it felt more like there was a human connection there, you know, with space. Um, so I don't know. It boosted my spirits, and that was nice. That. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, little bits of uh, boosting. I have to ask you being in, in Korea, Kim Jong-un, alive or dead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know anything else you don't know. Um, so anything that's, you know, in the news is the same thing I know. Uh, but you know, there've been conflicting reports, right? Yeah. And yeah. my personal opinion is I tend to believe, uh, the, this, the reports coming from Korean news sources, you know, within South Korea, they're saying he's perfectly fine. And, you know, I'm, I'm my feeling, and again, this is just my personal opinion based only on what's, uh, openly available is that I think perhaps he did, you know, Kim Jong-un had some sort of surgery and, you know, there was some maybe overblown reaction to it and that somehow translated to CNN reporting that, oh, he's brain dead and he's, you know, on life yeah. support. So I don't know, you know, obviously. Remember Melania Trump disappeared for like three weeks and nobody saw her. Do you guys remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's true. That's right. There she you go. did. She disappeared for like 21 days. Nobody knew where she was. They didn't see her. There was like it was one. Just, I think it was a cosmetic tune-up. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We we don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Some she did some medical thing, but yeah, yeah she just vanished. Really, yeah, I'd be very surprised if we don't see some sort of sign of life um, event yeah. where yeah. Kim Jong Un is photographed at in the next coming weeks. I mean. If he did have some sort of surgery and he was just recovering from it, obviously he's not going to be in the limelight until he can show so, himself as the illustrious leader in some sort of powerful yeah, yeah. pose. So, you know. God, beings aren't supposed to get sick right. and going to surgery. You'll see him on a horseback <laughs> in no time. I guarantee it. Uh, Bareback with Putin. Exactly. Together, holding hand in hand, shirtless. It'll be beautiful. Trump will get jealous. Um, but, uh, you know, things here have been getting, inching back to normalcy, slowly but surely. Um, I would say this weekend was was pretty normal in, in terms of, you know, comparatively speaking over the last, obviously we've been in this since January. 
So you all crying about this since March or February. Welcome <sighs> to our world, you know. But yeah, it's only it's only hit us harder than everywhere else in the world. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you do have a larger population, but anyways, uh, inching inching sure. towards normalcy. A little taste of it. We went to a, a restaurant on base, have dinner. That was nice. Um, food wasn't great, but you know that again, going out to a restaurant, that's an experience, uh, took, took yeah. the kids out to get their haircuts. So, you know, uh, wearing masks, of course, and socially distancing again, mm. that's the new normal, right? You know, even when going out to the restaurant, yep. we're socially distant from, they're only half capacity, right? And, you know, going to a barbershop, you know, it's, it's extremely spaced out, you know, again, everything's cut in half and everything's distanced out. So. Um, again, yeah, seeing some pictures, uh, from Asia of the restaurants with you know with the little partitions and tables put up, you know, people. It's it's uh, it's a while to see this. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be coming to New York City, New York, pretty soon as they eventually reopen. I can just see it now. Somebody's going to be entrepreneurial and, and develop some sort of like COVID nineteen protective tent, and you just kind of go inside your tent and you eat inside there with your group, and then they 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 swish all the alcohol water or whatever you know into the tent and clean it off isolation there's a little cone of isolation will come down over your head so you can eat in a little pod exactly that's <laughs> right and that's how you'll talk to each other silence i think an entrepreneurial restaurant owner will make a mint doing that so in the new world but anyways uh that that's it for this week's show guys we did it we got through congratulations let's give ourselves yeah. A round of applause. Um, before we sign off, though, anything, uh, Travis, you want to throw out? Nope. Keep safe. And uh, always, uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, topics or guests or anything uh, that you liked or didn't like, uh, please uh, write to us and let us know. I don't want to know what you didn't like. I don't want. I don't. <laughs> I do. I no, want to I know. I do, too. Uh, that's how we improve and get better. So if you have any criticism about the show, please let us know. Uh, Evelyn, you got anything to throw out? No, hang in there. Be safe. Wash your hands. You know, find some small slice of joy in all of this, and look for the the positive, and just connect with people however you can virtually. I think that's really important. Thank you. Good. Good points all around. Yeah, uh, yeah and for me, just uh, again, go to aroundthelens.com. Find us on all your social media platforms. Uh, you know, become a friend on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, and, and of course, follow Evelyn on Instagram. She needs it. She really needs it, guys. <laughs> Come on, we got to be Travis. We can't let Travis have all the followers. Um, by the time all this COVID stuff is over, I want Evelyn to be at least fifty thousand. Okay, let's let's right. do that. All right, we can do that. Okay, uh, but uh, what's that, Travis? I said you have to have goals. Right. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, follow us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Around the Lens. You know, if you can support, obviously during this trying time. We'd appreciate it. If not, no worries. You still get everything we do for free eventually. But that's going to end this week's show. Thank you again uh, for Mr. Ben Brody for taking time out to be on the show and talking about uh, all kinds of cool stuff going on in your life. Go ahead and frequent his website and you know definitely uh, check out his book when he gets his second um, printing out there in the world. Um, for Travis Keys and Evelyn Hochstein, I'm David J. Murphy. This has been Around the Lens, episode 222. And we are out of here. Thanks for listening to Around the Lens. We hope you enjoyed the show. To continue the conversation, head on over to one of our social media outlets, such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter. 
To support the show financially, consider donating to us via Patreon. For show notes from this week's episode and links to everything else we talked about, just go to our website, AroundTheLens.com. Finally, if you or someone you know might be a good guest for the show, get in touch with us via email at info at AroundTheLens.com.